Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. I have a special treat for you all today. I have the privilege of interviewing a woman well-known in Hollywood for movies like Rio Lobo and The Summer of 42, and you may remember her as the face of Cover Girl for 30 years. Please welcome to Voice in the Wilderness, Jennifer O'Neill. Hello, Dawn. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you on the program, Jennifer. Um, Over the weekend, I read your book, Surviving Myself. (laughs) Did you put your seatbelt on? Whoa. Um, (laughs) I have to say, I was overwhelmed by the constant tragedy in your life and the repeated episodes of a broken heart. And I have to say that you are a testament of how God is able to fix and mend a heart that has literally been shattered by life circumstances. Uh, Powerful, powerful testimony of your life. Thank you. I I wrote the book. It was a very scary notion uh, to write a book like that. Uh, Surviving Myself is an appropriate title for my autobiography, and my kids actually prompted me to write the book. And when I, when I took on the mission, I knew it had to be an honest um, account of my life. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be a finger-pointing mission. You throw dirt, you lose ground. It wasn't about any of that or even any of the total insanity, since you've, you've read it, uh, and circumstantial insanity of my life uh, without Christ. But I wrote it for the very reason of that. I had a life that looked so good on the outside doing 38 movies, traveling the world, working with John Wayne, Robert Duvall, uh, CoverGirl, having all the accoutrements that that life brought uh, with it. And yet I was dying inside. I was uh, looking for love in all the wrong places, um, had no discernment, got married at 17, had my daughter when I was 19, and um, really suffered through a string of um, people and events and disillusionment, um, and searching for fulfillment in that hole in my heart that uh, even though I had a passion for horses, which God has recycled beautifully, and I'll tell you that about that at the end of the okay. show, but um, dealing with tough issues that I had to be honest about, not the least of which was um, almost dying four times, being shot, um, being hospitalized, uh, having nine miscarriages along the way of having my my three children uh, experiencing a, a, an abortion before I had my faith in Christ. Um, so heavy hits, heavy hits, yes. sexual abuse of my daughter uh, by my husband, and, um, and 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 yet I still marched along until I was carrying my my last child, who by the way is in ministry. So I think God had him in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I came to my faith in Christ. I was always looking for God, um, but I didn't have a clue who Jesus Christ was. So I spent many years in Eastern philosophy, just seeking and searching. Mm-hmm. And Romans eight twenty eight, God is amazing. And in his economy, he uses all of our insanity, all of our mistakes for his good and his glory if we love him and want to serve him. Yes. And so he gives us platforms in areas of our our deepest scars, um, that he's done that with me about the life issue, um, 
and and healed me. But it, I, I want to say really quickly to your audience that if if God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit can work with the likes of me, He can work with anybody. Uh, I don't know how I survived. I don't either. And my antics uh, (laughs) uh, until I was 38 years old, living in that world that was so superficial. And again, at at, at the end of the program, we're talking about a conference we're having, uh, we're bringing to to your local area called All That Glitters. And it's that theme of what looks so good on the outside hurts so badly on Mm. the inside until it was truly healed. And that's why I wrote the book. Um, Not that I thought I was that interesting, but what God can do in anyone's life is amazing. Well, it is amazing. And I I have to tell you, I told Sean and Brian Crisagas that after reading the book, uh, at least the first portion of the book, at least the first half of the book, at one point I thought, I'm not going to continue to read this because it was too hard for me. I actually experienced similar things to what you experienced, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was very uh, painful to relive that as I read what was going on in your life. Sure. And so I was crying as I was reading it, and I thought, I don't know that I want to continue this book. Right, right. Um, Because it's too painful. And it's amazing how I remember speaking with women of faith and the— hundred, I mean, 50,000 people in the stadium, and they did not want, uh, not that you had an abortion, but they did not want me to bring up the abortion. They wanted to be more positive, and I said, you don't understand. There is hope and healing even for abortion. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins, including abortion. There is freedom from that, and they saw the women lined up around around the, the whole stadium, um, the, the, my point is that we women are more alike than we would ever imagine. That's right. Maybe your listeners never made a movie or never was on the cover of a magazine. Well, that was really actually hard for me because I was extremely insecure, and everybody thought I had it made, and I did not have it made. Um, and so when I speak with women, they say, I lived your life. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about. It it. The, the 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 scars and the, the the strings that are played through one's life. I I <laughs> funny because if your listeners are going to come to the conference, I have white hair now, and um, I played the older woman in the movie Summer '42, and I was 22 years old. <laughs> I was the older woman, and then I'm also literally in the Smithsonian for the one of the longest-running contracts with CoverGirl for 30 years. So between the white hair, the older woman at 22, and the Smithsonian, everyone thinks I'm about 110. <laughs> but um, I'm actually just turned 71 and thrilled to have made it this far, <laughs> to at least have a voice of hope yes. and healing. Yes. I, I know the um, that uh, small part in the book about um, the fellow... Craig, that you had the relationship with that f- forced you to have the abortion. That was, that was, I mean, I was so angry at that man. I just, I yeah. thought, oh, how did you even deal with him? But I do mean, you, do you, I, first of all, I did not end up, I was engaged to him. God has a reason why he wants us to wait for marriage. Mm-hmm. I should have known that. I was thrilled about being pregnant. Uh, and, and I was just devastated when he not only did not want the child, an abortion was just legalized at that point. I didn't have my faith in Christ. And 80-plus percent of girls or women 
are, um, who have an abortion are coerced and pressured in some fashion, whether it's meaning well by their parents, oh, you've got to finish school, to the, the men who either, you know, straight out say, get rid of it, to the men that have no say in it whatsoever. There's mm-hmm. another side to this heinous story. But um, I, it doesn't matter how many times and how powerful he was and how many times he threatened me, I folded and I carried the shame and the guilt. I was already a mom. So something in me, even before I knew Jesus, knew that it was wrong. But I wasn't strong enough to withstand the pressure. And that's, that's, a, lot of, uh, that's a lot of women's story. In the yeah, issue. yeah, and you know, as after finishing the book, I thought she is a strong, courageous woman. I I was surprised that you couldn't stand up to him because I could see you. Um, it's it's you know, after reading your life, I'm like, this is this is one strong, courageous woman. Not not really. Then he he at that point, my insecurities my insecurities reigned. I looked good, as I said, on the outside. Uh, on paper. <laughs> I was doing these movies and had the fame and fortune, but inside I was very damaged. And part of, I wrote another book called From Fallen to Forgiven, and um, it really is, is, is discovering biblically wise the, the roots of causes of our, our insecurities, our downfalls, our depressions, our tendencies. And they can be healed, but I wasn't healed at that time. Mm-hmm. So as as strong as I might have appeared, um, breaking my back in three places and getting shot and doing all of that and still marching along, it wasn't a deep-rooted, well-founded strength. I didn't find that until I found my faith. It is amazing to me that you were able to just sustain all of that tragedy, not knowing Christ. I mean, just you kept going on. I mean, there was there was this something in you that made you keep persevering, God. and I was God's like, "Grace, that was God's yeah, grace." I, it when was. I look back on how many times He saved me, that I I I wasn't even recognized. Yes, I was. Ten, I was this odd combination of insecure and tenacious at the same mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tried to kill myself at 14. Hard things to talk about. It, suicide is an epidemic, not only in our military, but with our teens. And I didn't want to die. I wanted to be heard. Yes. And um, so my passion was animals because they love me unconditionally, as God loves us. But I had my animals then, and my parents decided to move, not to make them menacing, nasty people. They just didn't get me. They didn't hear me. Mm-hmm. And um, so stupidly... I ended up in a coma for for two weeks and and almost almost died. Uh, God was there. He, if people begin to really embrace how much He loves us, how much we He formed us in our mother's womb, how He counts all the hairs on our head, how before the foundation of time that He has a plan for us. Yes, and He's not going to let that eat despite ourselves. He's not going to let that plan go. He's going to offer it. We have free will. But once you turn and say, oh, God, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, be my Lord, not only my Savior, be my Lord, he was waiting for that moment. He was so patient with me as I was flailing around in ignorance. No one ever talked to me about Jesus. I grew up on the East Coast uh, in New York City. I never heard 
the name. Oh, my goodness. So um, I had no, and so he thought, well, I'm one of those. It's like if a child dies of natural causes and hasn't had a, a chance to make a pro- proclamation for the Lord, they're with the Lord. So are all our babies who are aborted. So I was one of those o- older people walking around <laughs> having never heard about him, like I was in the middle of Africa or something. And um, once I did, once uh, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my my spirit and uh, my heart, I, it was like a slow-motion clear-all ad. I was carrying my my last child, and I started reading, believe it or not, don't do this, folks, in the Old Testament, especially if you like animals. <laughs> <laughs> How I came to the Lord was just, just miraculous because it was it reminded me of a slow-motion clear-all ad where I, I would just, I would slowly came. It wasn't like I knew what day, uh-huh. but when my son was born, we dedicated him, and I was baptized, and that was it. Wow. So you have come a long way. Well, I actually moved pretty quickly out of L.A. because um, I was I was literally blackballed from the business. It's a little better now, but um, being a Christ lover was not user-friendly at that time. So I moved to Nashville, where I still live now, and I've uh, been writing books and doing conferences and, and having the amazing uh, pleasure of being God's ambassador in tough areas that people need to understand they're not alone and yeah. that they can be healed and have hope and a future and a purpose. Awesome. Would you now bring us up to date and share with my audience your two great passions, and I'll just let you take it from there. <laughs> well, of course, we've, we've kind of hit on both of them. Um, when I did write Surviving Myself, and I wrote, I've written seven books, and, and abortion is, is always in that sub- subject matter, is because for 10 years I received healing in all the areas of my life except for that heinous act. And what that was was pride. I realized that I had to circle the wagon and really address it because what I thought I had allowed in my life was so heinous it was bigger than what Jesus did on the cross. So, again, I want to say that there is hope and healing even for abortion. So my passion is to make the truth be known. It is at such a time as this that the church and believers have to come together united as one voice like a freight train for the atrocities of what's going on, and even through the people that we have voted in to represent us. If we don't do something, we are held accountable just as much as they are. So um, that's a big passion Mm -hmm. of mine, and the Church has to come together. We have the majority of voices if we would just speak up. And let's just agree on one issue, not denominations, not anything like that. I'm going to be teaching on what the body of Christ looks like really according to the Word of God in Ephesians. But if we could just agree on the life issue and be vocal about it, this atrocity will stop. The other one is that I grew up, you know, I started working at 15 to buy a horse, and Mm -hmm. I showed all the big sticks, and that means the big jumps, and um, bred the horses for 40 years, and that was my passion. And now I have the great delight in the last, since 2010, we have served over 4,000 of our military first responders, veterans, and their families with equine-assisted programs and therapies. Um, I want to give back. The private sector needs to give back to our heroes who are hurting. We deal a lot with PTSD. 
So instead of, and I don't bounce much anymore, so I don't <laughs> want to fall off over or jump, I get the incredible pleasure of offering these gentle giants who are so, um, oh, they're so therapeutic. The horses, God was in a good mood when he made a horse. <laughs> and um, and, they, and people, so we have donkeys and we have ponies, but we have big horses too. And it's just, it, they're all about relationship, which is the which is the the bungee cord for me between Christ and so forth. A horse is a flight animal, and they don't automatically trust you. You go on a round pen with a horse, they think that you want to eat them. And that's their <laughs> first response. So you have to begin to communicate with them, not dominate them, communicate with them, create a relationship. Now, if you imagine that you're suffering from PTSD, your family's falling apart, your friends are killing themselves at the rate of over 25 a day. Right. Divorces are happening, and you're frozen in this, this nightmare of PTSD, and you're standing in the middle of a ring with something that weighs 12 times more than you do. You have to start to communicate. And it is glorious to watch what we call hooking on when a horse finally trusts that person and without having any lead ropes or anything on them, comes over and nuzzles that individual. That communication and that trust has happened. And they can take that home, and we deal with the whole family unit. And they can take that cooperation and that willingness to communicate back home with them, and healing happens. Wow. And that's so important. Um, and, and what a blessing you must be to uh, our military veterans and first responders. Um, you know, I, I, um, my husband and I usually spend our vacations in the West. And our first time out, he said, you know, we're going we're gonna to go horseback riding. I'd never been on a horse. And um, so the horse that they were going to put me on, uh, we were waiting. Uh, we had like a 15-minute wait. Well, the horse that they had chosen for me went so crazy it tore the, the whole stall down oh and gosh. I thought oh my goodness this is not a good omen for me and I <laughs> I have you're quick aren't you uh, yeah I have <laughs> a whole lot of bad stories with horses yeah. and so I have never you know I didn't grow up around horses right. so each time we would go out he I'd get on a horse and I had like you say, you have you, you have no relationship. You know, I, I know I don't know anything. I'm on this massive animal, right. and I'm petrified. Right. So I'm curious about how long does it take for an individual well, who comes to Hill and Glade, and um, how long does it take for them to establish that re- rapport? Well, first of all, we have a program that is not necessarily about riding the horse, although when we have our big celebrations, these kids have to get on and and pony around a little bit, you know, led around. Mm -hmm. They want to get on the horses. But it's not about riding. It's about relationship. And uh, I would love for you to come and get in the round pen and understand that that fear can vanish very quickly. Because the horse is more leery of you than you are of the horse. A horse has 17 expressions, more than a monkey. Oh, my goodness. They can signal to you what they're feeling by watching the tilt of their ear, how they're blowing um, air through their nostrils, how they stand, what they look at, how high their head is. All of these things we 
number one, do safety. We groom the horse. So there's hands-on getting to know who you're about to meet in the round pen, Uh Um, looking for those signals, knowing how to lead that horse, and feeling confident so that when you're in the middle, that horse knows you a bit. And um, and then it's creating a relationship. And every horse is different and every person is different. And this is why sometimes it's hard on the horses. People don't understand this. We have people come in the round pen and they are a storm. I had, I was working with a teenage girl, a family. We work with, with the, the warrior and then we work with the family. And she was a storm. And we were working with other kids of the same age and we were teaching them how to halter the horse and lead it. And when it came to her turn, she was so angry. And the horse turned its back on her, which oh. is what that's the first thing they do is warn you is to turn turn their hind end to you because don't come any closer or I'll kick you. <gasps> that's that's the first signal. That's not, not good to see, you know. And so I, I walked her around and I helped her. I calmed the horse down and I helped her with a halter. And then she started leading away and it wouldn't budge. And she starts screaming at the horse, this stupid horse. What is wrong with him? And I said, would you go with you? (laughs) Would you follow you? Listen to you. And the next day she came, and she was a different person. And she recognized that everything that she was feeling, that horse picked up and didn't want to have anything to do with. Oh, my goodness. So that was a great victory for her. Yeah, it sounds like. Now, how how if um, if someone is a veteran and is suffering from PTSD, how do they find you? Well, we're called Hope and Healing at Hill and Glade, and we're on. We have a website called Hill and Glade H I L L E N G L A D E dot org, and you can see our whole website and the programs and the different things we do. Our numbers are there. Our emails are there. If you're close, we usually work through different organizations, Operation Stand Down, the, uh, the veteran okay. barn door up at, at Fort Campbell, only because of uh, location mm-hmm. size. We do mm-hmm. do tours on, on occasion, but to come and do sessions, they usually have to be recommended that you're in the right space for the program we offer. All, all of our programs are free of charge. Our celebrations are going to be posted. We didn't have anything last year because we just put up our round pen. And we just started a program called the Empowerment Transition Program that we're about to post a gentleman's name, James, 24, who just graduated. And it will melt you because um, this transition program, you can stay on the farm for three months up to a year, all free of charge. Wow. And go through the programs and learn all about horses. And if you care to change your vocation or get a job in the horse world, we'll help you with that because of all the showing I did and so forth. Anyone who graduates from here, I have people lined up waiting. Oh, that's wonderful. For them. So that's a new leg that we're working on. But um, we're not hard to find if you can remember the word Hill and Glide <laughs> in Nashville. Well, and then, like you said, you're connected with other organizations. And I guess, yes. you know, here in Wheeling, we have the Vet Center. And um, they, yeah, it's, a, vet center. it's yeah. a counseling, uh, mostly, of, of individuals who Absolutely. Uh, are suffering from this. And so um, I'm anxious to uh, share that with them. 
we work with Vet Center. Um, they have to get out here because we work. We have we have our peer to peer programmed uh, counselors. Except that if somebody needs a deeper counselor, we need to work with them. So we we are certified handlers with, who would work with the counselors, like like Vet Center or Vet Court. Mm-hmm. Vet Court we work with. Um, so they have it. It's a, it they just need to look. They can even, if you forget Hill and Glade, look up Jennifer O'Neill, O-N-E-I-L-L, and there's a link to Hill and Glade, too. Okay. Well, we're going to finish this session with talking about the um, very exciting program that is com- coming up in Wheeling, West Virginia next weekend, which will be Friday, March the 15th. Jennifer's going to be doing a Bible study at 7 o'clock on Saturday, March 16th. Uh, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. is the conference, and Jennifer is the hostess, and with her will be Christina Farrar, who is a supermodel, TV host, now celebrity chef and author, and the worship is going to be done by award-winning singer, author, speaker, Bonnie King. So we are looking forward to this. It's called All That Glitters. Jennifer, share with us uh, what you plan to be talking about. What is it that you're going to, God has put on your heart for the women? Well, I, I, I was there just last year, so sometimes it's, it's hard to go back that quickly. I love the Chris August brothers. They're, they're my brothers. So yes. I, forever, ever, ever. They put on <laughs> incredible events. And so I had suggested that I'd like to come in the night before and perhaps speak to the heads of what I was so pleased last year, so many different denominations, uh, denominational churches attended, which was phenomenal to see. So I, I wanted to meet with the, with, with, for the Bible study uh, on Friday night with whomever wants to come, but that's when I'm going to go deeper in terms of what does the body of Christ look like according to God in Ephesians. Um, okay. What is our purpose? What do we have to do to come together beyond our denominations as one accord since the heavenlies are waiting for us to release yes. the manifold wisdom of God? That is a pretty deep subject, um, but, sad, but, but exciting and inspiring, and God's been putting that on my heart. Um, Saturday, um, the ladies will be speaking along with me and will be taking questions. Um, but I will do a short testimony of what you just had of my past a little bit, even though I'm bored with it. People <laughs> <laughs> seem to really like it, especially, I mean, usually I have people from teens to their late 70s come. So it's important for women to know that our value is not what we look like on the outside or what a life looks like on the outside, but from the inside out. And then going deeper with, I always speak about forgiveness, because God does. Yes. Because this is, this is the most important. People were released from suicidal thoughts last time. Um, it, it was amazing, the response we got. And then I, I, I want to go deeper. I want to cement the forgiveness in, but I want to talk to the ladies about finding Father God. The, his heart, really un, knowing his heart and his love for us. Yes. And knowing his word. Because once we know, it's very hard for us to receive from God what he wants for us. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's so crucial. And it may come from the element of we didn't have a dad around or we didn't have a dad who was affirming, so we look at God that way. But 
Jesus is not standing next to God, interceding like Moses and saying, forgive them one more time. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get better. He's not. It's already been done. The door is wide open for us to go and tabernacle with God, to go into the most highly uh, high place. And and um, that's an invitation that's always been there, but very few step through. I being the worst offender, you know. I I'm just I'm I'm just sharing. I need this as much as anyone else. <laughs> I study and I share what he's giving me. I have nothing to say. He has everything to say, and he has more for us. More for us every day. Yes. Well, with that, I'm going to say amen. And we are so looking forward to having you come with Christina and Bonnie for a very dynamic conference. Uh, So I encourage all of you that are listening today, if you haven't gotten your tickets... uh, Do they know where it is? Do they know where it is? It's at River City Restaurant. Right. It's it's, it. uh, Yes. The Old Nail City. So it's uh, right on Main Street. And uh, we are we are so looking forward. I do want to tell you that tickets have um, the price has come down. Someone donated a lot of money, and so the tickets are now twenty dollars, oh, ladies. Wow! So you can call three zero four six five zero zero four two five. 304-650-0425 to get your tickets and we do encourage you to be there. You don't want to miss this. This is this is a once in a lifetime thing thing and it's something that will impact your life forever. So, we're concluding our program. I'm glad that um Jennifer was able to be with us today. I bless you, Jennifer, and I look forward to meeting you in person. I can't wait. (laughs) And um, so this is Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. I look forward to being with you next week. You you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this program again. And I look forward to being with you next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. God bless. God bless.